0: I want us to turn to that reading in the Old Testament, Psalm 65, and if you want to open it, it may be useful just to look at one or two references that I'll be uh, homing in on. Up until Tuesday this week, uh, the text was in the New Testament and it was the parable of the sower. Um, But I didn't feel comfortable with that, really. And I had this particular psalm on on my mind uh, and felt that I was being directed towards this this morning. And the title, as you will have seen in the notice sheet, is God our Provider. And if I had a, a, a verse text from that psalm, it would be verse 13. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with corn. They shout for joy and sing. This is how we are to view creation. As shouting for joy and singing. The produce of harvest, shouting for joy and singing. Yes, the whole creation is singing praises, to God. Does that include you and me? Yes, we're part of God's creation. Are oh, we singing praises to our God? Reminded in Scripture, the words, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And as we gather for harvest this year in this country, I heard only yesterday from some farming colleagues that it's been the best year for the maize and corn harvest that has been for many, many, many years. Yes, we need to give thanks. Of course, we do need to realise that, as I mentioned earlier in the prayers, that, well, because across the world the resources are not distributed evenly. There are those who would long to have a good harvest, long to have the results of a good harvest across the world. So creation speaks of a creator God. When we look at the wonderful world around us, all the marvellous things that attract our senses, we must not let the gaze stop at that. When we look at the food on our plates this Sunday lunchtime we must not let our gaze stop there however tasty the food may look we need to look through it and see the creator, God. You see, God created all things. Why? For his glory we're told in scripture. To show his greatness and his worth. And that's what creation is doing. And as we look at creation around us, the conclusion we should come to is that there is a God who made all this. It's interesting that the earlier service this morning with the, with the children, we were talking about harvest is that complete can of beef casserole. It was soup at the last service. <laughs> <laughs> Must have picked up a different one. Beef casserole. And the children were saying, what's in it? And they can give thanks for, what are the pictures on the front? Carrots, meat. But we need to give thanks that the harvest also includes the metal can that has been made from resources. The label which has been made and produced from resources, all provided by a God who provides. And the song we want to sing in our lives that we have a creator God. And we're meant to shout the joys of harvest, the joys of a wonderful God in our lives. I don't know whether that's what the people in Linfield see of the people here in Linfield United Reformed Church. We need to accept that each one of us Together with everybody has been corrupted by sin. We're not quite that great song that God intended us a creation to be. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, we can sing a song of joy. And hope is found in this particular song. It is a psalm of praise for the provision of harvest and it is a psalm that you turn to on Harvest Thanksgiving Sunday. And it's thought by commentators that the composition of this psalm followed a severe drought that led to famine in the land. Prayer for relief had been answered by God. The barren wilderness had been transformed and restored to green pastures and sprouting fields, all in response... To their call to God. And David composed this psalm, this song of praise, which highlights two things. And the first thing it highlights is God provides the harvest. Go to the end of the psalm, verses 9 to 13. Well, there was a time, wasn't there, when greengrocers would reveal small assortment of locally grown produce. Various root and leaf vegetables, a selection of apples, pears, bananas, oranges, possibly some plums. The vegetables tended to be those which could be grown in every garden, every greenhouse or allotment. Everything had its season and one could look forward to different seasons particularly, but usually eager anticipation to things like the first strawberries. Strawberries for the arrival of other vegetables in season. And this has now changed, whereas nowadays we expect and can usually get any produce throughout the year. I only saw a small proportion of the programmes on the television about harvest, which have been on over recent months. But I'm told they gave a real insight into the way that produce is now managed and harvested in vast quantities to supply the current demand. But, well, for children these days, growing up, the whole concept of harvest festival doesn't always mean as much as perhaps it did in the past. Fields with great, gigantic black bags, with with grass in them, don't quite look the same as, as straw in the field. Of course, in England, it's hard to comprehend fully what it's like to live in a place where there's serious drought or famine. Closest we get, don't we, is when we can't wash the car with the hosepipe or the supermarkets out of milk or bread a few days because of snow. We take it for granted that water will always come out of our taps and the supermarket shelves will be full of our favourite things. And that isn't the case in many countries. And it wasn't the case in David's situation. And the particularly prior to this psalm. Food was short, water was scarce, people were starving, the situation was desperate. They've come to God in prayer, asking him to meet their need. And God does a wonderful thing. 65 verse 2 O oh, you hear, oh you who hear prayer, to you all men will come. God had heard. Their prayer. What happened? Well, those verses 9 to 13. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with corn. For so you have ordained it, Lord. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. Ever looked across that and thought about it? God drenched the furrows and leveled the ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grassland of the desert overflows. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with corn. They shout for joy and sing. This description of harvest is full of exuberance. The cards overflowed with abundance. One book I was looking at, the, uh, in preparation for this, the, the, uh, the writer said, it's like getting your bowl of rhubarb crumble and filling it with custard until you can't see the crumble anymore. And the custard is dripping over the side of the bowl onto the table. A sight that I can align with when I have my Sunday lunch. <laughs> a wonderful picture. But you notice who gets the credit? David doesn't say, well done farmers. David says, God, you've done all this. You're the one who deserves our praise. I don't know whether you've walked down the aisle of Sainsbury's or Tesco's and thought, these shelves are full of baked beans or bananas or cornflakes. But do you then go on to say they're full of those things because God has provided a generous God who provides the harvest. But before he does that, he provides something else, something that is even far more important than a good harvest. In verse 3 and 4 we read, When we were overwhelmed by sin, you, God, forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with good things of your house, of your holy temple. David knew that he and the people needed God's forgiveness. He knew there was nothing he could do to be forgiven except cry to God and trust in his kindness. Do we get to that point where we realise there's nothing we can do except come to God. See, like the provision of the harvest, it's all down to God. Salvation and the harvest. It's a God who forgives his people, and it's God who blesses. Yeah, God provides the harvest, but before that, he provides (coughs) salvation. Verses 5 to 8. You answer us with your awesome deeds of righteousness. O God, our Saviour. The hope of all gods of the earth and to the farthest seas. Who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength. You stilled the roaring seas, the roaring of their waves and the turmoil of the nations. Those living far away, Fear your wonders, where morning dawns and evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. It wasn't just in Israel, it wasn't just where David was, it was to the ends of the earth that God provided, God gave. And it's this God who has tremendous power who does it. That's why he can do it. He's a mighty creator. Yes, he formed the mountains, he stilled the roaring seas, and he can work. In our lives. See, we, like those people, desperately need God's forgiveness. And God gave us creation. He gave us all the fruits of the harvest. But he gave something much more costly and important. He gave Jesus to die on the cross for each one of us. In our New Testament reading, we read Jesus saying, for my Father will in that, my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son, Jesus, and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. Today is a wonderful day of thanksgiving and we've seen that in bringing our gifts. We've seen that in singing our songs of praise. But in a sense, the praise and thanksgiving will only be complete if as we gather this morning, we take on board that Jesus was given by God for each one of us. Yes, we do have to take action. We have to accept Jesus as our own saviour. Come to him and ask for forgiveness of sins. And God will forgive because he's a mighty, powerful God who wants to forgive but it cost his son for that to happen. So, creation, carrots, tins, all important. But Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And the bread here on the front in this display can be eaten and can keep us going, perhaps for a few days. But God's son, Jesus Christ, gives us life. He is the bread of life. It's up to each one of us to take of that bread which God in his mercy has given for each one. I pray that as you go home singing praises for harvest this morning your praise will also be, thank you God for sending Jesus. Amen.